Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. We're so glad that you're here with us today. I want to invite you, if you're able to, to stand and join us as we sing together.
For the last month, as a church, we've been selling what we call in the church Advent. And Advent is simply this time of preparation where we prepare our hearts, where we're reminded that God actually sent his son. You know, each week, we lit a candle to remind us about Jesus, about what we have in Jesus. We, we talked about the hope we have in him and the joy he brings and the peace we have in him and how he loves us just unconditionally. And tonight, we light the final candle. And that is the Christ candle. And as we light that, we're reminded that this is the night that the prophecy was fulfilled, that God had promised to send his son, to send a savior to his people. And that was fulfilled through Jesus as he came to live among us, to bring light into our world. And it's also a night that we look ahead, be reminded that God promises that Jesus will return one day, that he will make everything right. In fact, the scripture says when he returns, that there will be no more crying or pain or death or suffering, that the world will be made right. But while we wait, we're reminded that Jesus is with us in everything that we go through. He brings light to every situation that we're in, both small and big. And we're just going to simply take time to pray. I'm going to pray, and I just invite you, if there's a place that you need Jesus to bring light into, no matter how big or how small that problem, I just invite you to do that now. In fact, I would have, that's you, I would just invite you to have a seat while I pray. It's a way of just kind of humbling ourselves before God. Some people will come around you and just put their hand on your shoulder and just be reminded today that you are not alone in this, that Jesus wants to bring light to your situation, and his people are here with you as well. So let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you that those scriptures are true. God, that you truly sent your Son to be our Savior, to bring light into our world. God, and I pray in every situation here that we would be reminded how you love us unconditionally. Jesus, how you want to be with us. You don't always take away our problems, but you promise to walk with us in those. So whatever is represented in this room, and I know there are many different things. There's illnesses, there's relational struggles, there's financial struggles, but we lay them at your feet and we ask them, ask you to be with us, that you would bring hope, that you would bring healing, that you would bring life, and ultimately you would bring light to these situations. God, we pray just not only for our church, but we pray for all the other churches in our community who are celebrating Christ's birth today and just ask that you bless them that they would be reminded of how much you love them and they would be fulfilling the ministry that you have called to them. God, and we pray for our missionaries around the world who this, well, can be a joyous time, can be a lonely time as well. God, that you would bring your light to them as well, that you would bless the work they're doing. But in every situation, Lord, we just say that we love you and we trust you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Why don't you go ahead and be seated? I just want to welcome you to All Shores this morning and say Merry Christmas. We are so glad that you are with us. You know, this is our actually our second Christmas Eve service already. We had one last night, and this is just my favorite time of the year, and I'm so glad that you are here. Whether this is your church home, you're here visiting, maybe you're here for the first time, we are glad that you are here and joining us this morning. You know, whatever the reason you're here, whether it's kind of out of obligation or this is what you do on Christmas Eve or this is the thing you do every week, we've just been praying that you would really experience God's presence in a unique way. Whatever he has for you, we're praying that you will experience that this morning. You know, and we want to connect with you. We want to know you're here. So if you're new or this is your church home in front of you, there's a paper. It's called our connection card. If you're new, we'd love for you to fill that out. You can hand it to me after the service. You can take it to our connection point. But we just want to connect with you. We want to help you learn more about our church, learn more about how we can help you in your faith walk and journey. And that's the best way that we can do it. So glad that you are here. And uh, there's just some unique things tonight, and I just want to make you aware of those. In front of you are there's communion cups that we'll be using later in the service, and there's also candles that we'll be using during the service. And if you're like me, maybe you're new here, and whenever I go someplace new, I hope there's a program so I can follow along, and I like to check things off so I know that they're done and know, like, how long I'm going to be here. And we're going to be here just, just under an hour tonight, so if that helps put you at ease, I'm just glad that you are here. But we're just going to sing some songs. We're going to worship. We're going to hear a message from Pete. And we're going to just have a great Christmas Eve together. You know, every year we have this tradition of taking an offering on Christmas Eve that we give away. And Pastor Pete has a message to explain more about that tonight. So if you'll turn your attention to the screen, he'll explain that. We have a great tradition here at All Shores that began 12 years ago. During our Christmas Eve services, we receive an offering that we give away in its entirety. We give it away locally, regionally, and globally, always in partnership and in an effort both to be the hands and feet of Jesus in meeting needs and discovering who he is along the way and all of that. And so locally, we're trying to meet needs in our own areas that we represent, that we're a part of, and both in our campuses and how we engage as a community. Regionally, we're trying to help those most in need and globally, we try to go places we have partnerships and people and projects and have been part of helping in all sorts of ways. They can be physical helps, they can be developmental helps, but you have helped us give away over a million dollars over these last 12 years. And my invitation is to give as God leads generously 
to help us to continue to dispense his kindness and grace to the world around us. You'll see on the screen ways that you can give, how you can engage online in giving, how you can send in resources right to the church. And at each campus, there are boxes in the lobbies that you can put money directly in there for this offering on Christmas Eve. I simply want to invite you to give as God leads and thank you for being a part of allowing us to give away and dispense God's goodness all around us locally, regionally, and globally. Picture this. It's a cold winter's night. Snow is gently falling. Darkness surrounds you. You struggle to see. Everything is obscure. Every direction. Meaningless. But suddenly. Light. The night Jesus was born, they tell us that a light appeared in the sky. A light that not even the greatest of astronomers could identify. A light so bright that even darkness had to flee. A light so powerful that even the worst of what we had done was not only exposed, it was cleansed, forgiven, and forgotten. You see, this is why Jesus came to earth, to give us that light so that we would have the same joy and the same love and the same light everywhere we go. And the best news is, this is a light meant for all. It is freely offered. You see, Christmas is more than the warmth of friends and family, more than nostalgia, the gifts, and memories. It is about the greatest gift ever given because a world in darkness has not only seen a great light. No, we have seen the greatest light. And his name is Jesus. Well, Merry Christmas. I want to welcome those online and all of you here at our Spring Lake campus at this 10 a.m. service that we celebrate the coming of Jesus. And before we open the scriptures together, I want to simply pray for us, invite you to pray with me. Uh, and let me just say, I know... On, an eve, on a day like this, we come for different reasons. Some of us come out of tradition. Some of us actually come out of obligation. Some of us come pursuing. And so whatever your posture is, I want to pray for you that God would speak today to us together. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you would meet us together. I pray for those that come maybe out of obligation or tradition, that you would break through and reveal yourself to them. For those of us who follow you, Lord, that you would move and deepen our understanding of who you are. And God, for all of us, in some way that you would make clear what it means that you came and what it means that you're with us now and what it means that you'll return. Lord, if I have anything to say that's not from you, let it fall to the ground and let it be forgotten. But I do ask that anything that's from you, God, you would breathe life into us. You would breathe and speak revelation into us of who you are, and it would change how we live. You would bring your light to bear in our lives and in the world around us. I join with the psalmist praying the words I speak, and the way we respond in our hearts and actions would please you, our rock and our redeemer. And everybody said? 
amen. In case you don't know, amen just means it's true. We're agreeing with what it is I've just prayed. So about a month ago, uh, Jane and I took another adventure of getting a dog. Yep. We go for the terrorizing, big, scary dogs in our family. As you can tell, this is little Alfie here, or Alfredo, sometimes I call him, but Alfie is his name. So when you have a, a dog, uh, in particular when they're little, and when they're this little, uh, when you take them out to use the restroom, especially at nighttime, uh, you cannot see because they're so short, you can't even tell if they squat or not. So I started to use my iPhone. It wasn't enough light. And I actually went out and I bought a flashlight. Now, I have not bought a flashlight in years. And I had no idea how much they have become more powerful. I don't know if you can tell from where you are or not. Hopefully, I'm blinding you. Cause... So the crazy thing is, is now when I go out and I put this on him at night, that, dude, that little dog's in the spotlight. He's kind of like looking up at me like, come on, I'm doing this. Leave me alone. It's just crazy, though, what, what light does today, what we can do artificially, isn't it, with it? In fact, you may not even be aware of this, but as light continues to change, as we continue to find ways to illuminate and really exaggerate how much light we can display, uh, recently uh, an astronaut was interviewed and asked a question of how over the years, anytime going up in the air where you're around the planet and can see down, what's changed? And immediately this astronaut said, it's crazy, but you see light differently. And he spoke very specifically about the light we see the most. In fact, we call it the beam of humanity comes from Las Vegas. Yep, that's right. Vegas is where the light is. Sounds a little bit like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Like light, Vegas. Didn't think so, but, but it is very interesting to me in that darkness and light that we can actually illuminate and give our own sense of light even when there's darkness, can't we? And, and I bring that up even as we look today at the coming of Jesus we're going to look back at a prophetic book. It's called Isaiah. Isaiah lived seven, 800 years around there before Jesus came and was in a time when Israel had broken into two kingdoms and they were a mess. And often God gave him oracles. That's a big part of what Isaiah is, are these prophecies, both for their moment, but also many of them moving ahead to what will happen when Messiah comes, what we believe is moving towards the coming of Jesus. And so we would say there's at least 40 plus prophecies just in that letter, just in that book about the coming of Jesus, and Jesus is set to return. The coming back, there's double down, there's 80 of those. So it's crazy how much Isaiah speaks to the coming of Jesus. And what we want to do is how can we engage in the coming of Jesus in a fresh way? And one of them is to look back at these prophecies and go, what does it mean if this is how Jesus came and what he came to be and do? And so this metaphor of darkness is a big one in Isaiah's oracles and how God speaks through him. And I want to be clear, darkness, what it means in Isaiah, is very simply this mixture of anything horrible in the life in the wor world. It's pain and suffering. It's oppression. It's corporate and communal and national. It's personal in our own, what we call sin and mess. It's communal in the mess of sin all around us. It's pride and going our own way. It's the constant fight and might to give more to ourselves in our own way and the compromising that goes on in all of that. And so this is how he describes the coming of Jesus that will come centuries later in Isaiah chapter 9. He says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now, I want to be clear, maybe in how we even view this, before we get specific to Jesus. Because our tendency, when you hear a great light and the light is coming, is to think, a blinding, powerful light. I'm just seeing people in the middle are like, why does this dude keep doing this to my face? This sucks. It's because I have issues and there's darkness still in me. 
What I want you to think, though, about is just think of the dawn, because that's what he's talking about, a new dawn coming. When the dawn comes, it comes in, in slowness, right? At first, you begin to see. I, I would assume most of us at this time of year are actually up before it gets sunny out or dark out, whatever you want to say with the clouds, cloudy out. So we understand what it is for the sun to come up. If you don't get up that early, you're either retired or you need to get a job. I just wanted to let you know that. But, but the picture of it is a, a soft coming of light. And, and perhaps a candle is a better way to illuminate it because what Isaiah is pointing to is a coming of a light that's subtle but warm and glowing and changing. And I think often we expect light to be overwhelming and overloading. He is giving a picture that it's a new day with the coming of Jesus Light will dawn. And that's what we want to explore. That's what we want to discover together, even in our time today. And so I want to preface it before we move on to where he speaks of what it means that Messiah comes, that Jesus comes. And he begins to talk about this increase from the light dawning, increase of of government, increase of the governing of Israel, that it will be different, this increase of joy and peace and life and freedom. And unfortunately, many people viewed it like they did in the ancient world. We tend to view it through the lens of what we think that means, that we think of it as just like we currently live, only Jesus is in charge, and that's the only difference. But it's a different kind of light and a different kind of day. So I want you to keep that in mind as we look at the coming of Jesus. This is what he says about him coming. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and then he gives this bigger picture. This government, what we call a kingdom or a reign, will be on his shoulders, And then we're going to look at what he's called, because these four titles will give us a picture in it. But I want you to consider with me first the coming of Jesus. Remember, I said it's a small light. It's a light that, like the dawn, it comes subtly and comes in different ways. So Jesus comes as a baby. Jesus comes to a people, the people of Israel, who have lost their nation. They are now in the land they were part of, but they're oppressed by it. He's come as a poor, little, vulnerable baby to a very poor little family with no power, pedigree, or prestige. Now, you do realize that's a very different light, isn't it? We looked at this over the four weeks of Advent. We looked through Isaiah's prophecies. He describes Jesus, for example, as a tender shoot growing up in a dry ground, this idea that he grows up out of the desert of nothingness, another picture of that. He speaks of the weariness and the sorrow and the struggle because God comes in the midst of that a nice, amazing, subtle light that's walking into the deep suffering and pain and darkness. And as we describe who he is, as these four characteristics are given, maybe in your own life, first contemplate those kinds of darkness that we don't even want people to see. Because we all have things that are inside of us that we go, man, I, don't w- I wish this weren't true, I struggle. And we either hope it's not seen or we try to overcome it or we try to hide it. And picture that Jesus wants to come and meet us in that. But it's the same is true in the world we're in, that we know all around us there's darkness and struggle and mess, and everyone is fighting to overcome the other one in some way by power, the power we think will change it. And Jesus comes differently. So he gives these four descriptors. If you're not familiar with Scripture, but you've ever heard Handel's Messiah, you'll know these because it's Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And you feel free to sing it any way you want to, though... Probably the other people around you won't enjoy that, but let's just start with what he says. Wonderful counselor. Now, I put this qualifier of really unfailing true wisdom. We need to see Jesus as a wonderful counselor differently than we might think it is. 
as Isaiah writes this prophecy, all these prophecies, and talks to the people of God, one of the things he keeps saying to them is you keep relying on your own way. And they do. They get into difficulty in the world around them, and they think, you know what? We'll align with this nation. We'll go this way. We'll fight with them, because if we have help, we'll align with places we shouldn't, and maybe that will change it. Because human wisdom says, I need to be strategic. I need to plan in a way that I can win, and we will have to overcome through strength. See, but the wisdom of Jesus, the wisdom of the wonderful counselor is unfailing in this way. True wisdom that comes through Messiah, this is how he brings wisdom. Did you know that he brings it? (laughs) It's just crazy to me what it actually means. In weakness is strength. That's the wisdom of Jesus. Do you know that? Jesus comes weak and vulnerable in nothingness, and there's strength in it. In surrender is victory. Jesus comes fully God into humanity and lives a hard, horrible, suffering life to a suffering death because somehow in surrender is victory. And ultimately it leads it to the greatest one, which is in death there is life. Now you understand that's a different kind of wisdom than we live with. But that's the wisdom Jesus came to bring. That's what light is. It's contradictory. It's counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense because the way of God and the who God is is different than the way we think life will be. Let me give you the next one, which I think is the most misunderstood. Mighty God. We always think God's going to come and he's going to just knock out everything that's bad and evil. He's going to overload it and overwhelm it with his might and strength. But mighty God is a different kind of power. It's different than what we think it is. It is not overcoming by strength. It is overcoming by absorbing the evil. With Jesus, every evil comes upon him and he simply takes it on. Let me just give you a picture if we move ahead to the cross. When Jesus is on the cross, in Luke's account, it tells us that it went dark for three hours in the afternoon while he's on the cross. Total darkness. And that's a picture of Jesus taking on the darkness of humanity, taking on the darkness and ills of all the empires, taking on the darkness and ill of every sin of every person, taking on the darkness of ill of everything inside of us and done around us and done to us, that Jesus doesn't go and I'll overpower it. He goes and says, I will take it on. Isn't that crazy? I know it's 10 a.m., but it's crazy. I'm telling you. It is crazy amazing that that's the kind of light he brings. Let me take you to the third one. He's the everlasting father. I think for lots of us, we perceive God often as an exacting father, an unloving father, a harsh father. It's like, listen, I'm giving you what you need by dying for you, but you better make it, you better change and live, you better live the way I want you to. I'm going to impose this on you. The father sends the son, which means the father is part of it, by the way. The everlasting father who always will be, never ending, he doesn't impose on us, he sacrifices for us. In, in no way does it change the darkness. He doesn't look at it and go, it's not dark. What he says is, you cannot do this. And, and if you don't get it, that's a whole story of the Bible, by the way, is people keep trying to do it on their own. And God keeps going, you can't, you gotta let me do this for you and come to me with it, let, depend on me. Let me father you and love you and care for you and die for you and give new life to you. And that's fatherhood. That's powerful. And it all reaches its culmination in the final phrase about him. He's the prince of peace. Now, we love the idea of peace. We often think of it as the absence of strife. But in the scriptures, if you go all the way back to the creation story, when God makes humanity, he makes us to be the ones who reign over the earth and care for the earth and are subject to him. 
and we decide we'd rather be like him, and we destroy peace, meaning we destroy the wholeness we can have between us and God and with each other. And when Jesus comes to bring peace, he doesn't just bring it, he embodies it, and he facilitates it through vulnerability. He facilitates it as it establishes through weakness and sacrifice and surrender. Jesus doesn't just bring it, he establishes it. He initiates it. It's not passive. He doesn't go, I just sit back. He takes on all of the mess of us. Isaiah 53 says that by his wounds we are healed. It says that he is the one that bears, it says, our iniquities, all the darkness and mess inside us individually and collectively. It even speaks of him as someone that people aren't attracted to. The dude, it's not like he walked in and everyone went, whoa, it's Jesus. He's like, he's unnoticeable. But that's how he brings peace through vulnerability, through weakness. Because what happens is you don't overcome by striking down defiant relentlessness and hatred. He overcomes it by taking it on vulnerably. Now you tell me that's not crazy. But also tell me it's not a different kind of light. And it's not a different kind of hope. And it's not a different kind of life that God came to bring. And I'll say it this way for us today. That we simply want to invite you not to just to receive his light, but to carry it. And so for some of you here, maybe you're living in a way where you're trying to measure up on your own. Maybe life is as good as your last show and your last day and the last act you did, but is it enough? And we all know we have darkness in us and darkness around us. And we hope this isn't just a religious activity, that maybe God would reveal himself to you in a way that he's not like many portray him. Jesus came crazy and powerfully. He came to be the wonderful counselor, to show us that weakness is greater than strength, that surrender is victory, and that death is life. Maybe it's discovering that the mightiness of God comes through the way he absorbs darkness, and not only wants to absorb yours, wants to help you to absorb it and live it differently. Maybe it's discovering the Father loves you, he is with you, he is for you, and he loves you. And overall, it is not only that God would reconcile us to him, but to each other. That's the invitation. And then when I say carrying his light, I want to give it to you another way. In fact, I, I just want to, let's, let's take the house lights down. And try, so, so what I want you to picture is go ahead and take the house lights down. And we see, you see one light, right? That's all we see right now. Think of it as just one light coming out, and that's the sense of Jesus coming. Now, this whole section, put all of your candles on just for a minute. Just this section. And hold them up. It's getting lighter, isn't it? And I'm just curious, are we drawn to that light? You bet we are. Now I want all of you to put them on and hold them up. See, we live in a world today where people ask, where's Jesus, why don't I see him? And I go, guess what, you know where he is? He's meant to be in us. We're meant to carry who he is by how we live and love and respond to be bearers of this light, not just receivers of this light. That's the very picture God has for his people. And unfortunately, I think for many of us, we either don't want to show anything or we do this to people. We don't get that we're truly living and loving like him. You can go ahead and turn your candles out for now. You guys can put the house lights back up because otherwise I'm looking at darkness. I want to pray for us. And my hope is there might actually be revelation in this for you. That you might be someone who's never responded and you'll have that chance today. But you also may be someone who follows Jesus 
and you haven't really believed that this different way of life and living and loving he wants to reveal to you and have you carry as well. So with all of this, if you're comfortable, you can close your eyes. That's easier for you. I'm going to pray however you best posture that. And if you're online, you can, we want you to join us as well. Lord, I ask right now for everyone among us, Jesus, would you make known your light to them? Would you let them know how much you are with them, you're for them, and you love them? Would you reveal in their weakness that you're strong? Would you reveal in their own surrender you bring life and victory? Would you reveal to them in their letting go and dying to themselves you give life? And if you want that today, it's not a magical thing. It's just simply saying to God, I want your light and your life in my life. And it's being honest. Lord, I have darkness in me and I have sin in me and I need forgiveness. And what we say is the Spirit fills you and gives you new life. So would you receive that new life from him? Lord, fill those that need it today. And then any of you who follow Jesus, would you ask God to help you be a carrier of his light? And a carrier of his light wherever you go. Lord, would you help them to carry your light into their family gatherings, into that person that annoys them to no end? Would you help them instead to see that person like you do and love that person like you do? In the places they walk into in their work and in their home and their friendships and their neighborhoods and their families and their schools, would you help them to live your and love and carry your light differently? And then finally, God, I pray for anyone here who has doubts and questions and isn't ready to make a change or a step. Would you just meet them and tell them you're there when they don't know what to do? And God, would you move towards us and we confess we can't do it on our own? So Jesus, make yourself real like you did the moment you were born. Make yourself real to us and grow in us now. I pray this in your name. Amen. We always, when we open the scripture, celebrate communion together as well. The church has done it since Jesus rose. It's been the standard thing we do when we come together. And it is the very picture of how we receive from him, not how we do for him, but that he's done for us. That it's the very image of his life, death, and resurrection. His body coming in the flesh and living and dying to substitute for us. His body coming to overcome death and bring life out of it in his flesh to overcome all of this power by absorbing all of the anger and hate and hostility in the world and bringing a might that is greater than that and his fathering love for us. So you should see in your seats, we have communion cups in front of each of them that you can grab now. We want you know, communion, uh, we don't have a rule here like you have to be a member of our church or there's a secret handshake or any of those things. We just want you to be pursuing Jesus. So if you're not comfortable with that, we don't want you to feel obligated either. But even if you're questioning and pursuing, we think God meets you in the very act of communion. So let me guide us in this. You'll see the top layer is the bread and the bottom layer is the cup. It's meant to be images of the very body and blood of Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. It was a bread without leaven. It was a bread without the dough that makes it rise. It's a bread without the bitterness, which Israel understood to be the bitterness of sin that causes us to self-elevate. Instead of humbly living, Jesus came in complete humility. The marks on the bread, the burns are the images of his scars and his struggles, the piercings of the very piercing of his life. He broke it, he gave thanks, and he said, this is my body and it is given for you, not just individually but together. Let's take of the bread. In the same way, Jesus took the cup. He said, it's a new covenant, new covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. And when we share a cup, we share a destiny. 
And the cup, like the light, is an image. It's an image of how none of us are greater or lesser. We all are broken and in need of salvation, in need of God to pay for our sin. But it's also a cup that we're invited to share with others. Not demand of them, but share. That's the light that we share by how we live in love and share of our own journey. Let's take of the cup together. Lord, I ask that this would not just be a religious activity, but you would sacredly and profoundly, whether it's volitional or whether it's any kind of sense of it or whether it's just an act, would you move in it however you want to? Pour out your goodness and your life and your light to us. I pray this in your name. Amen. in today we hope that you got a response card and we just want to take time in service to just hear from you and so if you were prompted today by either the message or the worship we want to hear from you you'll see there are five different options you can select on that card anything from i chose to give my life to christ today to i've given my life to christ this past year or maybe you're interested in becoming baptized or maybe you just sense a uh, desire to bring, as Pete said, the light of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit to people, to the darkness of the world, to bring his hope and his joy. But however you want to respond, you can fill out that card. And then as you walk out today, there are uh, baskets in the lobby. You can drop those in on your way out. With that being said, we want to finish our time today in worship, just celebrating King Jesus coming to us to dwell among us. And so with that, I want to invite you to stand. You can light your candles, and we're just going to sing a couple of candlelit songs as we finish out our time today in celebration.
I'd like to say that was someone else's fault, but it was my own, so you're welcome. As we were singing those words about proclaiming his power and glory, uh, I just couldn't help but picture that God has given his light to you, not because he wants to have these huge events where everybody comes to you, but because as you walk where you walk and live where you live, you bring that light by how you love and how you live like him. Like when people see how he lives through you, that's what draws them to him. And that he cares about your Monday and your Tuesday afternoon and your Thursday and the difficult meeting and the hard thing of being exhausted as a young parent and the divorcee who is living, raising kids alone and the person who's alone out of a broken relationship, that he's with you in all of it. Not a moment just to be together. This is the recharge to go live. And that's what we want for you. Like It doesn't matter if you leave and think the service was meaningful or not. It matters that you know that God loves you and is with you. And he's for you. That's what matters to us. That you discover it when you're with people. That you discover it when you're alone. We will continue to pray for you with that. Because that light grows, it'll change the world. Services will not change the world. He will. But we want him to show up. Don't get me wrong. We don't want you to stay away. I want, I want to tell you a few things coming up. And I just want to give you a blessing as you head out. So next Sunday, we'll all be together, both of our campuses, at one service uh, here at 10. And then, and that will be one to see how we have with, with two campuses and several communities, how God wants to move in the world around us, the whole world. And that we think will be meaningful. And then the week after, the 7th, we're actually, we'll be in our normal service times at 9 and 11 and 1030 in Muskegon. We're actually sharing a vision Sunday, which I think is very direct to how we both discover his presence and how we live it out. So we think it's very important. If you don't have a home or if you're part of us, we'd love to see you at that. And we actually begin the year after that in what we call 21 Days of Prayer the following Sunday, which is a way to seek him for the first part of our year. I just want you to know this is what's coming up. This is how you keep pouring into and pouring out from. And then I want to let you know, too, as you head out today, if you can take your cups with you, it will help us for the cleanup in the next service. And if you don't take your lights with you, it will help us even more so that people aren't going, I don't have a light. I don't know what to do. So if you do that, too, if you want to place your hands out now, and you can just put your lights back where you got them. But let me just give you a blessing. So put your hands up to receive. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ continually fill you with his spirit. Oh, may he be your wonderful counselor, your mighty God, your everlasting Father. And may he be your Prince of Peace. And may you carry the light of him moment by moment and day by day. And may it grow brighter in you as you increasingly discover how he lives and loves and fills you. For his glory and your joy in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.